Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to The Reel Down on Paddle and Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything in tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey, hey, all right. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Reel Down here on Paddle and Fin. Uh, what's up? What's up? Yeah, I got Jimmy here with me. How, how you doing, brother? Pretty good, man. Are you glad to be back? We missed you. Yeah, I took a week off. I haven't. I don't. I really don't know if I've ever taken a week off, or maybe it. It's been at least six months, probably. You know. Jeez. Yeah, I'm pretty hardcore. Yeah. He bleeds, yeah. battling Finn. I bleed it. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm getting there. Yeah, man. You knew. You'll get there. <laughs> You'll get tired and need a day off eventually. I'm but tired I, all the time. I hear you. It's Monday. But we're having a, a couple of technical dif- difficulties here with Jody. Hopefully, he'll be able to get on in just a minute. And we had uh, Cody scheduled for tonight as well. But he, you know, it, we're on Monday nights. He hadn't even gotten home from Arkansas yet. So he asked us to reschedule for another time. And the dude's winning every, like every other week. And he's on here all the time. So, so yeah, we, we gave him a. Yeah, took a day off for once, Scott said here. (laughs) And he hasn't came back yet. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, we we had to give him a break for one week. (laughs) Cody, our our third third host here. Yeah, that's what I even, when he was like, can we reschedule? I was like, well, I'm sure we'll see you next week anyway. So, sure, we'll talk about both of them. (laughs) And that's what you're saying. You're going up to fish uh, the Bassmaster event in La Crosse. And Cody said he's going to be fishing that, right? Yeah, I didn't go back and I hadn't looked at the entrance entries since there was only like 26 people registered. And in my head, I thought I remember him saying he wasn't going. 
And I was like, all right. I mean, there's some big names going, but I was like, yeah. And then he was like, uh, when I said, well, we'll see you next week. He said, uh, what is it? He said, he said, uh, got to get home, uh, fix some stuff. I'm feeling good about lacrosse. And I was like, wait, you're going. And he's like, oh yeah. I was like, well, I'm gonna see if they'll give me my money back then. Never mind. So yeah, he went from, uh, you know, how many miles is that? He, so he went from Arkansas all the way to, to the uh, Susky. I'm not sure exactly where they were, yeah. but way the heck, heck that way. And now and I, say I heard him say on one of the, somewhere that he drove like over 1300 miles to get there on time or whatever. Yeah. And then he's headed back home. And then he said he's leaving Wednesday to hit lacrosse. So we'll be in the same. He'll probably still beat me there, but uh day and a half, maybe two days of pre-fishing. Yeah. And Scott's right here. Dude's winning events with a panel. Yes, he is. He, but the last event we had him on for the KBF on, what was the name of that? And in, in what, Indiana? Is that where it was I at? It, I think it was. Yeah, whenever he, he wins so much, I don't know. Yeah, he got second in that, I believe. Or he won one of the days. Another day was Matt Ball. That, uh, yeah. So he, he definitely won that with just paddle. So, yeah. But yeah. And Jody, just like Scott's saying, he's uh, ridiculous, you know. Both of them, and, and that's kind of one of the questions I want to ask him tonight. And this is going to be one of those nights. Uh, we're, tr we're going to try not to keep him for too long because we know he just got home. He's got all that money to spend and he's tired, but um, he's probably going to have the metal lady. He's got to spend some time with her tonight. But the um, so just if you have any questions, man, it, what a great time to kind of try to understand what makes these guys so great. Like, what's that other gear? Him, Cody, Christine, you know. Uh, yeah, the list goes on. Everybody, everybody, yeah. So many people who were so great. What's that extra gear that they have? How are they doing that? How are they that good? How are they that head and shoulders above everybody else? And sometimes you'll see, you know, like um, there's so many people who actually get in. Russ, you know, Scott just said Russ in the chat. But always, other, like you have that upper echelon of people that are so ridiculously good. And there's a lot of other people who are maybe just as good. And maybe if they had more time to be on the road as Jody and some of these other guys where they could do it full time and they just can't do it. So you, maybe they're in that same group and you just don't know it because let's be honest, like there's only a few people who are able to do this full time that, uh, you know, Jody, Russ, Cody, you know, there's Christine. There's only a few people who are actually doing that. So, you know, who's the other group who would be in there too? But really my question, my biggest question tonight, we'll talk about Susquehanna. We'll, we'll talk about all that good stuff with him. You know, hopefully he's able to get on. But why? He's still having a little bit of trouble. I tried sending him a link a different way to see if yeah. it'll get him in. Yeah, but what's that extra gear? Uh, Dwayne Wally, Misty, Mr. Attorney X himself. Mississippi, I got to give it up, man. I'm from Mississippi, too. I'm, I'm very <laughs> proud that you're a Mississippi man, and th there's not a lot of good things that come out of Mississippi. Hey, me, you, me, and talk, me and him talk, though. He may be over here in Alabama before too much longer. So. I don't know. Yeah, he can come on over. Please, please yeah. do. But no, like he was saying, you know, time on the water, I do think that's a big thing, but yeah. at the same time, something that all of these guys seem to have that, in common is like the preparation like 
Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of winging it going on in the in that world with those, you know, top notch guys, girl, you know, ladies, women, however you want it. I yeah. think that the just with anything else, the preparation is key. The like we were talking earlier, paying attention to minute details, um, you know, fishing clean, not having any mistakes. I figure there is a, a whole bunch of just things like that that need to go on. Come fish G with us next week, man. I'm down. No, I'm not. I'll be at the beach. Crap. Yeah, you're you're going to lacrosse and then you're going down to the beach. <sighs> I mean, I passed Gunnersville on the way back, so I guess I could stop by. Yeah. I'll get up with you, Scott. We're going to go fishing. Well, we can talk about know. that until Jody Jody is able to get on here. Uh, this weekend, we had the first uh, – Jimmy is the tournament director for the Alabama Bass Nation and had the first ever – was it the first event for a state nation qualifier for the Classic? It was. It was the – like you said, it was the first state-level Bass Nation event as a qualifier for the 2021 Bassmaster Classic. That sounds very long and confusing. It kind of is. But uh, it went pretty good considering, you know, I say, okay, so short notice, kind of. Have we been working on it most of the year? Yes. But it was kind of thrown on us at a point where you've already lost your time window for getting sponsors, you know, getting venues. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure if COVID wasn't around, I could have probably done a whole lot more with it um and then a lot of it was me post not i didn't postpone but or procrastinate but i wasn't putting too much effort into it because i didn't even know if it was going to be able to happen because of everything going on um and and you kind of have to wait till the last minute to play it by ear to see if it's going to be live or virtual and so it yeah you definitely had that's why you know and i talked that and for anybody that doesn't know dan's uh, assistant director with me and then uh mr jesse halverson uh you know, I got with those guys and oh, yes. we talked it over about, uh, oh, Steve, you're going to make me blush. <laughs> <laughs> TD of the week, Jimmy Skinner. That's right. And but, Jimmy's uh, also a, a tournament director for NACA, one, the biggest club in Alabama, North Alabama kayak anglers. I, play that up too much I just do the little events for them, man. I, yeah. Like after this week, or you could say this whole preparation for this, like, respect your tournament directors in your local clubs, the national events, you know, people like AJ that, you know, I mean, Chad, everybody doing a lot behind the scenes. I mean, even Steve, Steve's a national level, national level director for Bassmaster. Um, It's a lot of work. I can only imagine what it's going to be like next year, doing a full tournament series and having a whole trail series. Um, But right now we're planning on having four and a championship. Yeah. And one of those will hopefully be combined with Georgia. So do a little, maybe something like that. It, maybe. Yeah. It, we're, it, I'm hoping to get the details or we will get the details worked out. Usually I'm talking about this with somebody else. I keep, yeah, I hear it. it's me and you, <laughs> but. Uh, well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll give all the scores from this weekend. So first we had Randall Wallace. Uh, he's one of the NACA guys. He got 95 and three quarter for one day on Gunnersville, all with a frog. He also won big bass. Uh, Christopher Marks in second, also a tournament director, one of the board board members for NACA, uh, 92 and a half. Steve Owens, the man himself, uh, Mr. Mr. PASS, Tennessee. He got third with 90 inches. Jim Clark. Jim Clark just came off COVID and whooped me. I don't like that. 
I don't like I got beat by a man who isn't at full strength. Yeah, and I'll tell you, he definitely wasn't, man. He looked like he was rough after the event, man. You could tell he had been grinding. They all did. I mean, Steve was dragging his feet when he came in. Randall was pepping his step. I mean, he just won. Yeah. I I sent him his money. I think it was like $1,800 for Day of Frog Fishing. I need that in my life. Uh, But Jim Clark, Um, he had 88 and a half, and then mm -hmm. I was way down there in ninth with 84. But uh, I was way down there in the air conditioning watching. I had a bunch of bites, man. I, I just couldn't make it happen. This, like, I had so many chances at so many fish. That's why I'm not even complaining because, you know, it's a sad story, blah, blah, blah. But I literally, I really think I had a 10 pounder that came off that he just, it was a Stanley top toad. He just totally missed it. But he, like, you know, I could see his back come out of the water. And I had, had so many blow ups that morning. But this one, it was just a different caliber fish. So it was, I'll say conservative because I, I caught an eight three earlier this year on Gunnersville. Conservative, eight pounds, but I, I truly think it was a double digit fish. You were in a good area for big ones too, man. I know that. I know that area pretty well. Yeah, and it was a uh, something. I won't say where, but at one point, I think five of the top ten were all fishing. They weren't like on top of each other, but they were all fishing the same stretch. Really? Yeah. They were, I mean, they were probably all within, you know, a thousand yards of each other, we're but they were all in the same area. I didn't Just, know that. Yeah. It was, I need to know that. I need to know. <laughs> I need a new spot. So that's, and it's a community spot. It's just the, some of these guys. And I like, I know all those guys personally, they all know that little something different, yeah. which I don't know. So. And I, I mean, they're, you know, all these community places on Gunnersville and that's the thing with Gunnersville is, there's really no secrets. I mean, it's, you know, like you, it gets so much pressure, but it's so healthy and so vibrant and just this unbelievable fishery. Imagine if it didn't get so much pressure, like it's a top 10 lake every year and it gets all that pressure every day, every day, all year long, 12 months a year. There's no stop on Gunnersville. So many pros live there, you know, so many tournaments every weekend because it's a bucket list for a lot of people. And, it's still an unbelievable fishery with all that pressure. Yeah. I, you know, it's just like any other lake, like, like Kentucky Lake. Some people say it's going downhill and some people cashing $1,800 checks and, you know, catching what he catches. Jody Queen did great in that event too. Yeah. The Hobie up there. Yeah. Yep. He's still messaging me. He's, uh, he's having a bunch of error codes come up when he's clicking on our link. So we're still trying to get him in. Hmm. But uh I'm trying to think of another way to send him a link. But yeah, the it was a good event. I learned a lot. Uh I kind of cr- critique myself a lot on how I do things. Uh like I noticed when we did the live captain's meeting, for some reason, my phone was picking all the volume up behind my wife instead of picking up me talking. So I'm gonna invest in a couple wireless mics or something. Um but other than that, it seemed to go pretty good. I mean, we had 43 guys show up. Uh, I think yeah. that if um, this big Hobie event wasn't going on, we'd have probably had more than that. I mean, that's yeah. I'm not mad at that we had it on the same day. I mean, it's just how it happens. But it, I think we'd have had a bunch of folks come out and uh, fish that one. And I'm sure, you know, with moving forward, we'll have, you know, big turnouts with the other states because, you know, Tennessee and Georgia, you yeah. know, Steve's doing Tennessee, Georgia, uh, Freddie Garza's got Georgia. And then next year, I think 
with us all coming out with our tournament schedules kind of early, I think that we can all do certain things to really blow, you know, participation out of the water, like join events between two states on certain lakes and yeah. things like that. I got, I've got a lot of ideas and now that I've got help, cause I tried to do a lot of this by myself and then, you know, cause I thought I was like, well, Steve's doing it by himself. Freddie's doing it by himself. And then I found out like Steve's got like a whole bunch of people that they all talk over and make decisions. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, like for our state, it's different because the, the bass series is the first ever series in Alabama to allow motors. So I, I know a lot of other States, a lot of other people, they fish, you know, KBL, KBF affiliate tournaments and trails and things like that for Alabama. This is totally new. So it's a, if you'd asked me a year ago, if I, I would be sitting there hold, you know, controlling the first club to do that, yeah. I would have never thought so just because we're so grassroots. I mean, like my kind of fishing's real grassroots paddling saying that I put a motor on my kayak Saturday. We're at this week. So. So. And, and, and really this is um, like uh, with Dwayne Wally on here, this is the first year that we've ever used motor, uh, turning in. Yeah. So all the States in the club, like we've went from total grassroots in Alabama to like we finally caught up with everybody else on the cut edge <laughs> now. now we have motors and we use apps. That's what I don't want anybody to think that's on me either. Cause someone did mention that to me. They were like, you know, good job. You got the state to use tourney X. That wasn't it. Yeah. Cause that was actually in the beginning. That was one of the things that why I had to branch out bass nation of uh, kayak anglers separate from the rest of the state stuff was because of that. Cause they still weren't, didn't want to use tourney X and it's not because there's anything wrong with it. It's just, they're that grassroots. And, um, and then with COVID coming along, that's what made the push. But now that they're using it, all the clubs seem to agree that, man, why, why haven't we been doing this before? Yeah. I mean, it was super easy. And like this event, you know, I've I've judged a few events with Fernaka. Uh, this event went so smooth. Uh, I think I only, I think I only had to uh, deduct points on like four or five fish. Uh, I don't think I threw any out like everybody was doing a really good job. I mean, I had a couple blurry pictures, but I could still see the number. Um, it's, it's nice. Cause a lot of the problems are kind of spread out throughout the day where they're, you know, it's not, everybody comes in, shows you your pictures and you're dealing with problems all at the end. Now, a lot of confusion and everybody trying to do it all at one time. It spreads out the problems and spreads out the issues to where, it just makes it more seamless. It's how it should go. And we here at Paddle and Finn, we've blown so much smoke of Dwayne Wally's skirt with like how great Tourney X is. But it's truly one of the reasons our sport has felt the least amount of change and problems. And like we've a lot of us have been able to go through COVID. And although it's our tournaments have changed. It's been different. We haven't been able to hang out as much as we usually do, which is a big part of, you know, why we love kayak fishing. But it's it's allowed us to continue and and to have our sport and to enjoy it. And so yeah, you know, just cannot give them enough credit. I'm I'm you know I know Dwayne's not doing it by himself. He has his wife and a whole team of people working for him. But thanks again. I mean, really, I, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart because times are tough and we still get to have fun and have our sport and do that. And a lot of that's because of him and what he's done. 
Yeah, the turn turning X is great. Uh, there's so many little features that I like too. So, um, like it gives the director everybody's information, like phone number. So, uh, like we did raffle prizes instead of doing it all in person, you know, and calling out numbers and anything like that. I was able to generate a number for everybody and then do a random number generator, pick it, and then just click on each angler, contact them that way. You can email them directly through there. Yeah. Um, anybody that had a problem has a way to directly contact you. That was one thing I had to make sure I did. Uh, I'm real big about if I don't know your number and you call, I'm not answering. Don't care. And then, like, I missed one and was like, oh, that was probably somebody with a problem. And it was. <laughs> so... And it was, you know, there, there were a couple people, they were getting in real sketchy service signal area and it was throwing them, throwing them a curveball. But I mean, that ain't attorney X problem. That's a fishing in the middle of nowhere problem. Yeah. But I, I know one of the questions that, um, I'm going to try something here. You can, yeah. you can keep on talking. I'm trying to get Jody in. Yeah, do it. The, um, one of the ways that, I mean, one of the things that Scott Future always asked on his program was who's on your, um, your Mount Rushmore of kayak fishing. Dwayne Wally's Wally on my Mount Rushmore now. Oh, I mean, without <laughs> Dwayne, where is it at without it? Where's where's kayak fishing nationally? Where's kayak, kayak fishing locally? Yeah. Like, if we didn't have an online platform, you know, March or whenever COVID really ramped up, yeah. what, would we, what, what would we have been doing? Some of us probably being hardhead and doing it the way we'd always been doing it, but it would have eventually caught up with us. Yeah. Who's the, who's the rest of your Mount Rushmore? Gotta you have the hoof, up and now I need to know. Gotta have the Hoove on there. Just I I, I kind of met him for a second at the class, Classic Expo. He's a he's definitely a, a spectacle. But uh, yeah, but you, you got I respect his service number one, but everything he's done for a sport. No, yeah, you got it. So, like, it would be, it would be, you know, Chad, Dwayne, right? Eric Jackson. I mean, not Eric Jackson, Drew Gregory, but you know, he was a part Jackson kayaks, kind of along with Drew Gregory created the Kusa, and that's a lot of how our kayaks are based now, and that and that was the growth of the sport and why it made it possible. So, if you could put a fifth net on there, I'd say Scott. Yeah. Like straight up Scott, like Scott's podcast, his push for things like it gets it noticed, makes it grow. Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff that, I mean, that's what we need and that's what we have. It's our, our, our sport is only what it is because of people like, you know, like Chad and like Scott who, who are, you know, I'm yeah. the, I'm the, I, I could never do anything like that because I'm the guy who just, you know, goes along, does his thing, slowly tries to grow. But our sport wouldn't be what it is without people like that who are pushing it constantly to to not only bring more money into a sport, to, but to change what it is. And that they're changing the idea of what kayak fishing is and what tournaments are. If you look at two years ago to where it's at now and where is it? The trajectory it's on. What's it going to be in two or three years from I now? I can't wait to see. I, 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 they know. I was I with my buddy the other day, and a, and a guy said, he said, uh, I don't know why these guys are still like we were talking about, like Russ and Cody and Jody and yeah. these guys. And he said, I don't know why these guys don't just get in a bass boat. They're never going to make it doing what they're doing. I was like, man, I don't agree with you there. 
if the sport continues to grow, the money is going to keep like yeah. events like Hobie and Bass and stuff get noticed. Coverage gets better. You know, like if Scott blows five live through the roof with all the coverage he's wanting, yeah. stuff like that. It's going to happen a lot faster. I think it depends on the person. I could see somebody like, you know, people like Siddiqui or Cody or Christine, people like that transferring over to a bass boat and they'd be fine. But Jody, I, I could see where he gets to do his art thing, you know, cause they run that, that art studio and yeah. I know he loves to do that. So he can do this. He made, well, he probably made 50 grand last year. I mean, he made 40 at the TOC. So I know uncle Sam takes a big chuck chunk of that, but uh, yeah, I mean, so he made, more much more than what the average person makes in the u.s i don't know what that is now but it's more less than 50 yeah. so so he had a great year he did that plus he has that man and look I, at where some of these guys are at right now what else do you want like cody and jody and mm-hmm. russ just this year look at where they're at already and then you've got the big championships that are coming up at the end of the year and these guys are they're putting it up Gives me something to look up to. And like you were saying, you know, these guys that, you know, takes people like, like Chad and Scott and all those to do what it's doing. I'm trying to do that in a smaller scale for our state, you know, and it, it went pretty good. I'm, I think that hopefully now people will take it a little more seriously. More people will be, you know, involved next year. I think for I kind of my my take on bass bass. I love bass. I mean, you know, I grew up idolizing them, and you know, they're I live here in Birmingham. They are here. Like I know people who work there. But the uh, I think bass they're very kind of the same way. They're not trying to rock the boat. They have no problem with the kayak series slowly taking off. They don't need it to be a one like everybody wants. No, no, no. To get in and wants it now and wants it to grow and wants it to be what they want it to be. Bass, like, hey, we'll get there. We're just taking our time. States are going to come on board and that'll be great. It might take a couple of years. Hey, that's okay. And then, but they're just going to slowly, they're going to build that great foundation and they're going to do it slowly. So that's one thing that Bass has that, you know, none of the other, you know, trail series could say is Bass was, I mean, okay. Hobie, huge brand, very well established as a brand. Bassmaster is an established tournament platform, you know. Yeah. So we we have a lot had a lot of talk. We have a group with the directors and stuff like that on the state level. And um I'm trying to think of how it went, but it was like, do you see this taking off? You know why should we do this when they haven't done that kind of thing? I was trying to put that in a good way without like being rude. And we all kind of went back to, well, they already have all this. They don't owe us anything. Like we have to fit their puzzle. So, but that's what's, I think that's what's happening. I mean, they are definitely into it. Like anybody that was at the, we got a lot of guys that showed up for that first Logan Martin event. And those, those folks were like completely blown away by, what kayak fishing community is, how well, how we all are together, how all the directors are, how everybody's like close knit family, how many people show up for an event like that. 
Like they're taking it seriously. Yeah. I think, you know, it's it's gotta be tough for bass because they like they went from <laughs> they had everybody. They had all the biggest names. I mean, I KVD, you know, yeah, Edwin Evers, the whole list. And they all swapped over and they're they had to have been thinking because I, I know that they offered some guys over a hundred thousand dollars to stay just on Bassmaster. And they made some big changes. And then now the pendulum, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a bass geek, so I love Bassmaster. I love professional fishing as much as I do kayak fishing because I came from the boat side. And they, like, you know, bass went from, oh, man, to now things are swinging the other way. And now MLF, next year they're charging everybody entry fees. And and there's also not going to be that, um, that it was 25 that data. They had to. The people on tour, they signed a three-year contract, so they couldn't get booted off tour. But if they wanted to get out of their contract, it cost them $25,000 a year. That's why Swindle and Brandon Polinick had to pay $50,000 for the two years left on their contract. And they got back into Bassmaster by under a Legends exemption because both of them had won Angler of the Year. So now the pendulum's swinging back the other way because all these MLF people are like, uh, hey, everything you gave me isn't as great as what we thought it'd be. And at the same time, FLW, all those people, they got rid of the Forest Wood Cup and they got rid of, you know, the entry fees. They're getting less for their money, less payout for their money, FLW. So you have all those people like Scott Martin, Brian Latimer. They all went to the Bassmaster Opens. You have all the MLF people that now they can't qualify for Bassmaster because they left it and they went to MLF. So they're in the open. So right now it's the best field ever. And the Bassmaster opens, and everybody wants to be in the Elite Series again. So, you can I mean, Bassmaster's really weathered a storm. So, you know, I don't think there's anything that's going to phase Bassmaster. If they can make it through that, to weather that, and to be as strong as they ever were, yeah, I, I think they're going to be fine. But I think at the same time, they need kayak fishing more than what they think they do. And we heard John say before on ours, I know whenever we had them back in the day, we were first people have them and he was on KBN last week. And that was a great show. If you didn't get to watch that, go back and listen to it. Cause John's the Bass Nation director. And he, um, he talked about a lot of different things, but you can see how bass boat sales are going down because nobody can afford a 70 plus thousand dollar boat. They just can't. I can't, I, I do well. I can't afford that. So yeah. the way I like, and the only way you're going to see me in one of those boats, if you give it to me, I love my kayak. Sure, you give me a seventy thousand dollar bass boat, I will use it. Yeah. But that's not in everybody's wheelhouse. The the pen, it's bass fishing on that level has went from a every man sport to a, a few people sport. It just has the the times have changed. They want to sell more expensive boats, Vexus and all these a hundred thousand dollar boat. That's great. You'll sell them. It's it's a beautiful boat for sure. So all those people are swinging over to our way now. So yeah, no, and something that kind of goes along with that. So like people, you know, those guys seeing kayak fishing is cheaper. Yeah. Something that I saw. So when I first got brought into Bassmaster, uh, they had to put me on the state board and vote in a, a spot for a kayak president. And 
I had to kind of speak our part. And something I said was, imagine kayakers trying to back down a ramp. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is, and if y'all haven't watched his podcast, uh, Serious Angler Podcast, he just he just had one of my favorite anglers on there. Uh, oh, Lord, Ark. I can't even think of his name now. Brandon Cobb. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, sorry. he's already late, buddy. Uh, the guy that was fishing in the same area that uh, Dan was at Gunnersville was using Panoptics. Really? Oh, he didn't tell you that? No, I didn't. I didn't. Know yeah, that. he uh, he borrowed that 360 with Panoptics, the 360 oh. Hobie 360 with Panoptics. But no, what I was saying, and so you know, they're kind of feeling sound. They're like, oh, see, so all are fishing tournaments and plastic boats, blah 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, the event we're having on Logan Martin, the winner's getting a ten thousand dollar check, and like everybody was just like. Hmm? I was like, yeah, y'all, this is pretty serious. Like $250 entry, 250 people. Oh, uh -oh. I think he found him. We got him. Is Mr. Queen. Man, that's, that's like pulling teeth. What, man? I'm sorry about that. I should, I, we thought you had been on here since we were live. And I guess you had just been on, you've been on so many times that, you hadn't been on with this program, yeah, so I, I think I'll, we use slam on that one. I think we use Scott. Yeah, yeah, that probably was it. Well, what's up, yeah. man? Did you make it back home? <laughs> yeah, man. Long drive yeah. a bit. Not as long with all that money in your pocket, though, right? <laughs> oh, can you hear us? So. There's a huge delay. Okay. You may have to, I, I know it sucks that you just got here. You may have to either try and click, click out and click back in, or we may end up having to take the video feed off. Yeah. yeah just click out of the room yeah. and then come right back. We'll, we'll try it one more time, bud. There's Miss Jean Wilson who caught another Dodo. Can you hear us now? That get any better? Oh, I guess that's a no. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> this is part of the world, folks. Man, it's more podcasts are not I'm easy. trying. Dude's been parking his legs in that drive for days. He's worn out. Come on, give him a break. There he goes. So he'll kicking himself out and hopefully he'll be able to get back in. Everything will be good. Or we'll get rid of the video if we have to. But Jody, Jody really is like he's a, he's a very interesting dude. Like uh, not only is a great fisherman, he's an artist. And I wonder if the kind of the artist mentality, you know, if that has if maybe being creative out on the water, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. There Could he is. Be. Can you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Hey, there it is. If it starts to drop out again, uh, just shut the mic off and see if the audio keeps up. Yeah. But you're good right now, I think. Or just, oh, no, leave the mic on. Just you, you might have to turn the video off. But if you can hear us fine, just let it go. All right. So so anybody who will we'll make this short, because I know you've been fighting, fighting to get it, on. It sounds, like like, it sounds like there's like five conversations going on right now. Okay, yeah, try turning off the video. And we'll see if that hey, does I'm it. All right, is that any better? 
just leave the video. Hey, I, I can hear you. Okay. Is that any better? No. <laughs> just try try turning the video off, Jody. And just leave the video off. Yeah, just leave the video off. There you go. Is that any better now? Yeah. All hey. right. Yeah, sometimes that video, it can mess us up. And and you're up there in West Virginia, man. Y'all just got the internet. <laughs> man. All right. Daniel, I I I think you're coming through okay. Can you hear me now, Jody? <laughs> no. All right. Well, we'll we'll just we'll give you big questions and let you just go with them. So so tell us about the Susquehanna. If somebody hadn't been there before, kind of set us up for it. T tell us about it if you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so man the Susky is just like a, a big, slow moving giant. It's it's like a gentle giant when it's at its levels that it is right now. And uh you know, it's got a lot of slow ripples in it. It's got a few places that uh, that are, you know, kind of rough, but it's they're very few. All right, so I'll I'll go over the numbers here. On um, day one, you had you were in seventh place with eighty five and a half inches. You were two and a half inches behind the leader, Stephen Sisto, with eighty eight inches. Day two, you had you were in fourth place with 86 inches, which was only a what a, a yeah inch and three quarters behind the leader, and then oh, but overall you won by an inch over Cody, who had a and you had 171 and a half inches, and Cody had 170 and a half. So is it? I, I can't remember a time where somebody wasn't like the best day you had was fourth. Was that surprising to you that you were able to win? I, I, I know the weights were really stacked up there at the top, but to not have that kind of standout day, that first or second place, to do excellent on both days, but to not be first place or second, was that? Have you ever had a tournament like that where you won in the end but didn't do at you know that top one or two spots in either the first or second day? Yeah, I'm waiting on the, the delay to stop. Hang on just a second. I love live coverage. Yeah. Well, what 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 happened on the Susky is I I I have this spot that I go to a lot and I know the fish are there and you know, it's, when I go to, uh, to fish that spot, I try to save as much as I can. And, and what happened on day one was I wanted to get, you know, 85 or 86 inches. Cause you know, I figured 
that it was going to take, you know, 172 to 175 inches to win. That's I was asked that question by an interviewer about three weeks ago, and I, and I told him that 172 inches would win it. Um, I had a chance on day one to go back and refish some banks that, uh, that I fished, and I actually talked myself out of it because I wanted to save those fish for the second day. I knew there was fish there, and I just didn't want to beat those banks up again because I knew that I was going to be back there fishing the next day and it actually worked out good because i went back on day two and caught the fish that i knew were there on, on day two so you know there's a lesson to be learned there is you know on a two-day tournament you don't want to beat up everything and not have nothing to go to on the next day if you're fishing the same areas now if i was floating the river it would have been a different strategy but you know, I, I knew those fish were there, and I just didn't want to, you know, put all my eggs in one basket. So you didn't do a float. So you just went to a ramp, loaded, and put back in at that same I, ramp. You didn't do a float? 90% of the time, I do single access. Okay. Uh, just because that river is so wide, uh it's like having a, a your own river if you just do a section, a broad section all the way across the river. If you find a place that's got a lot of islands and, and a lot of cut throughs and stuff like that, it could take you days to fish an area like that. So, I mean, there's a lot of fish in those small areas. So if I put it on single access, I don't have to worry about pickup shuttle. I don't have to worry about covering all that water and missing areas. I can really pick one area apart and find the fish in that area. And so let's say somebody who's never been to Susquehanna and they're trying to figure it out. Like I'm sure a lot of people, this was Christine, uh, Catherine Fields and all these other people. It was their first time there. And it's such a big river and such a giant amount of water. I know that you've been there before, but is there any advice you would give to somebody who needs to break that down in a practice time of what they can do to, kind of find a section of that river that's going to work for them. Is, is there any advice you give to those people? Yeah, I would, you know, <clears throat> if it was the first time you were on the river, I would suggest that uh, you would go to find an area, you know, the road runs along the side of that river for a long way up through there. And you can really, you know, pick the areas that you really want to fish, but I would find a place where you have a lot of cut throughs, a lot of islands because the water is really calm through there. Usually you have, you have easy shoals to get through. You don't have a lot of big falls uh, or anything like that. Find an area that's going to be easy for you to navigate. Uh, and just, you know, just explore, get back in the islands, fish the shallow waters, uh, do a lot of wade fishing. I was out of my boat probably 90% of the time on day two. Wow. I spent a lot of time out of the boat and just taking my time and, and picking those areas apart. Um, I caught all my fish in six, six inches to a foot of water, except for one fish. I, it was in about two feet of water. Those fish were laying so shallow, it was like their backs were out of the water. You know, I mean, they were laying really shallow. And a lot of people were fishing in the middle of the river and catching a lot of smaller fish, but those big ones were up on the banks. 
<clears throat> what, what, what do you Mostly think? Mostly around is? wood. What do you think had them pushed up so shallow? Man, it's just the nature of the smallmouth on the Susky. Every time I go up there, those, you know, I find those fish really shallow. They set up on feeds. Uh, there'll be schools of minnows that come up in those shallows. A lot, there's a lot of red horse suckers in that, in that uh, river and they tend to go in big schools. Um, and they'll lay in those shallows and wait for those schools of red horse suckers to come up through there. Plus the crayfish are there. I mean, if, if they set up shallow, that's where the food is. Um, uh, and such large areas, they can lay there and be real still and not be noticed, even by anglers. I mean, you won't notice them until you're right up on them because you don't expect them to be there. And uh, if you talk to any of the other anglers that, that fished that tournament, they will tell you they were laying in some areas, just big shoals and four and five inches of water, and there was nothing there to hold them. There was no obstructions. There was no, uh, no wood, no nothing. They were laying right out in the open. In, in a shallow shoal, and it, it was, it's really weird. And you have no way to know that those fish are there unless you spook them. Right. So, I, I mean, mean when you're in there, you just, you got to fish. So tell me, uh, I want to hear about that. I saw uh, day one, you caught a big old 19 inch smallie. I want to hear about that. Yeah. Uh, I was floating down the edge of an island and I was actually watching two turtles, two snapping turtles fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, they were going at it. I swear they fought for like 30 minutes, man. I mean, you could hear their shells. I mean, popping, they were biting each other and, and raking each other with their claws and stuff. And I kind of got caught up in it and I was like, man, I got to get back to fishing, you know, and I just <laughs> turned the boat around and I, there was a big lay down there uh, in about a foot of water. There was a bunch of logs and the water was just covering the logs. And uh, I threw way back up against the bank, almost bounced the spinnerbait off the bank. And when I got to that outside log, man, he was just laying there. I didn't even know he was there. He just come out of nowhere, busted it about 10 feet off the front of the boat. And luckily, you know, on those short strikes, it's hard to get them in. But luckily, I kept him on there and got him in. Heck, yeah, man. So would you say that between uh, day one and two, was it was it a grind or were you just was it more of a grind to find the bigger numbers? Were you catching a lot of fish? You know, and just upgrades. I would just consider a really hard working day. Uh, I know the fish. I knew the fish were there, but I really had to work for them mostly because of the area I had to cover. I mean, I covered a lot of area. You know, uh, it was just hard work to pick them up. I didn't catch a lot of fish. Uh, I caught 10 fish each day. Wow. Uh, it was it was just hard to get to. You know, you just had to get out and had to wade, and I had to pull the Hobie, and and uh, it just took a lot of energy to do it. But Oh, yeah. But it worked out. So is back to, you know, them being pushed up so shallow, what – what was the water temperatures like, you know, with it being moving water like that over the shoals, were you seeing some cooler temps in areas or was it that's, still just that's pretty? That's funny you should ask that because 
the day that I got up there, the water temps, I checked the water temps at Sunbury and it was like 84. And right. uh, we had a big rain move in. I think it rained like two inches in like an hour up there. And the wow. water temperature went, the water temperature went to 79 degrees and then it dropped all the way down to 76 overnight. And uh, then it was, it was there for a couple of days. And I think that's what, I think they just got them out and got them moving around and laying in those weird spots. The yeah. Susky is notorious for being a great fishery during high water. Uh, when the water gets up around the grass beds and uh, you have a lot of current, it seems to position those fish in very predictable areas. Uh, but when it gets low like this, if it's not super low, they just spread out. The water's mm -hmm. clear, and they have so much area to, to get in. They don't have to school up. There's nothing to position the fish, so they can lay anywhere they want to. So they're, that that's kind of frustrating if you've never fished up there before. Uh, I think a few of the anglers, like Christine and, and uh, Cody, and, and uh, that, I think they figured that out, you know, toward, on the second day. You know, they just had to cover a lot of area, keep throwing. Uh, and that's kind of yeah, the deal. Yeah, they just I had to figure out that they were just everywhere. That's that's kind of the deal I notice when I fish moving water down here, looking for smallmouth, is that yeah. it's generally not a concentration. It's a cover water, throw a lot, right. kind of kind of right. deal. And then like like in high water, it seems to do like you're saying that that rain cools right. the water off. They seem to get in spots you would not expect to find them. So that's pretty cool. That oh, uh, <laughs> Gene Wilson. Wants to know, Jody, were you waiting in your Crocs? Yes, I was. I, I was waiting ninety percent of the time. Heck and yeah. Chris had a question for you here. Now that you're doing so well in the Hobie AOY, and maybe you really want that orange one of a kind AOY kayak that that uh that Halloween kayak. Are you going to go fish California? <laughs> No, I'm not going to go to California, but I, you'll probably see me at either Dardanelle or uh, most likely uh, the Coosa River chain. I'll probably be down there for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see Dardanelle's still up in the winds. So here's a question for you. It's not the first event uh, a pro has fished, but what did you think about? Obviously, Ike's a great guy. He takes it seriously, and it's awesome he fished it. But what do you think that, like, kind of first, what do you think about Ike fishing it? And what do you think that means for the future of our sport? Is that something that you think is a positive or could be bad or what? Okay, Dan, you, that sounds, okay, hang on. Yeah, okay. Man. I tell you, man, you know, there was a lot of uh, my friends and fellow anglers up there that were talking about, you know, a man, Iconelli's going to be here, you know, uh, you know, you know, he's a, he's like this second greatest fisherman in the world right now. And all I've, I've heard it all, man, but I'll tell you that the person that I worry about when I'm up there is Jedediah Plunker. I mean, I mean, that guy is, you know, and you know, 
and I talked to Ike after that, after the after the tournament, and you know he was he's on a learning curve, just like the, anybody else that would be fishing the first kayak tournament. I mean, he was telling me he's like, man, I've got a lot to learn if I'm going to do this again. You know, the ability not to be able to cover a lot of water, you know, with a boat and find my fish and just go to those holes. It's he said it's just it threw me for a loop, and. Uh, and he was, you know, the night before that tournament, he was worried about if he was going to catch fish, if he had the right baits, if he had, the, if he had picked the right area, just like everybody else. I mean, he's a competitor, and he was in something new, and he had, the, you know, he had the nervous butterflies just like anybody else. Some, as far as the pros dropping down and fishing our, you know. I say dropping down. I think they're moving up, actually. <laughs> That's right. But uh, it's a different world for those guys. You know, it'd be hard for us to jump right into the bass boat world and, and be great at it. You know, I think yeah. it's the same for them to come down and fish the kayak. And, and as far as them being pros, they're just other anglers, man. I mean, I think that uh, it le it legitimizes the sport some. I think you know. I mean, 100%. it's we're, we're too big right now to be ignored. I mean, these guys, you know, you know, uh, Jordan Lee fished one, and uh, you know, and Dave Lefevre fished one, and, and I think Jordan Lee finished what ninth or tenth or something like that, and and Christine yeah. Fisher came in ahead of him, and, and it's a tournament of Titans. Yeah, I mean it's it's the same same thing for everybody. You still got to get out there. You still got to find the fish. You you got to pick the baits. You got to figure out what they're doing, and you have a smaller area to do it in. So I mean, <laughs> I think it's I think it's great. Now, would I like to see all of MLF come down and fish a tournament? Probably not. You know, but. Uh, I think that would just muddy the water up too much, but I, you know, I have no problem with anybody coming in and fishing these tournaments. I, the more the merrier. And something that I'll add to that is these guys could take this back. So I seeing, okay, I can't cover water. I have to figure out how to even, you know, further break down where I'm fishing and be thorough. They could turn around and take that back with them and have yes. a whole new mindset of how they fish. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's like I say, they're learning something new. I mean, just like when I got my first kayak and I put it on the water and uh, I mean, I took a little Coosa up to uh, Kentucky Lake and it was like a washing machine out there. I mean, you know, and that's, that's how I started. Yeah, you know, I didn't know no better. You know, I thought, well, heck, you know, it floats. I'm going to get out there with the rest of them, you know, and uh, and you learn and that's how you do it. You know, I mean, the learning curve might not be as great for, for the Mike Iconellis and the Jordan Lees because they have a lot of fishing under their belt, but it's still a learning curve. Oh, hey, yeah. Chris Marks had a good question here. Are there any baits that you use this weekend that, that you want to tell us about, something that worked for you more than something else? Sure, man. I mean, I take a, I have this one bait that works. I fish the New River a lot, and – it's kind of contrary to the popular belief that you throw spinner baits in, dark spinner baits in muddy water. But there's one thing that I do with this spinner bait, and I'm I'm giving up a big secret of mine right here. 
Uh-oh, juice. Watch it out. Open. Yep. Yep. I take a, a War Eagle spinnerbait, a 5 sixteenths. I take the top blade off of it. You got to get the Colorado blades uh, in the 5 sixteenths, and I'll take the top blade off of it, and I'll put on a number five, which is a big, fat, round, looks like a pie pan, Hildebrandt blade, and I'll pull the skirt off of it, and I'll put a black and brown banded skirt on it. And, dude, I don't know what the smallmouth think they are. I don't know if they think they're rock bass or or crayfish chasing something or, or what, but they'll hit them in clear water, even with that big, heavy thump. And that's what I use for two days. Oh, it works is sold out now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Jay Wallen before the tournament, man. I said, man, have you ever used those War Eagle spinner baits? He said, I've got about 180 of them. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they are. They're great spinner baits. I've got a lot of the finesse ones. Uh, on yeah, day man. two, I, man, you know, on day one, after I told you we had that rain, it was really interesting because I was fishing where uh, there was a creek upstream a little ways. And where the, I launched, the water was just like, it looked like a yoo-hoo, you know. I mean, it was just mud. And about 50 yards out, it was just cloudy. And beyond that, it was clear. And on day one, I stayed in that cloudy water. Uh, I think and I think that might have had something to do with the, me doing it decent on that first day, too, after that rain. But, uh, but on day two, it got crystal clear again. And uh, so I did switch. I switched to a, a, a Strike King. Uh, white solid white spinnerbait uh, with an Indiana blade. It had a little bit bit less thump, but it was still a good sized blade, and that's what I used on day two. So I threw spinnerbaits for two days. That's all I did. I caught one fish on a, a, a Z-Man bang stick, and that was when I was trying to get my fifth fish. I thought, you know what, I I've got a couple hours here to get my fifth fish, and I, I need to get it out of the way. So I I put on a bang stick on a little shaky head, and I went out to uh, the middle of the river behind a uh, and found me an eddy and just dropped it in there and I caught one, but I didn't need it because I went back to the spinnerbait after that and caught that 1775. And, but, uh, you know, get your limit first. I mean, knock that thing out get that monkey off your back, you know, and then, and then go after, you know, the fish you need to, to, to win it. And if you're lucky, you'll get those fish in the first five, but if you're not just get, get, get your five. Oh yeah, you know that's that's the hard part of the battle for a lot of people. I was gonna say yeah. something too that, you know, with the craze of chatterbaits, you don't yeah. hear as much. And I know it's Created by Jody, right? <laughs> <laughs> but with, with the craze, you don't hear as often about guys going out sticking to the spinnerbait like they used to. Because I mean, most of us here can say that yeah. the spinnerbait was probably the trick in your arsenal when we yeah. were growing up or getting started. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I grew up, I started out with an eighth ounce rooster tail, white or black. I mean, that's all I threw on a Zebco 33 when I was growing up, man. And I, and I loved them, you know. And then I got into the bigger rooster tails. I, I started throwing a quarter ounce. And then and then along came, you know, the, uh, the bait caster when I switched over to it. I mean, I, I started throwing, you know, the big, the big spinner baits. And 
I don't know. They're so versatile, man. I mean, especially if you, like I'm saying, you use those big Colorado blades, you know, if you're fishing, uh, you know, slow water with lots of cover, like those big logs I was fishing, I mean, I'll just throw it out and pull it across the log and let it drop, you know. Uh, and it's been a while since I've been on a spinnerbait pattern because I do, everybody knows I, I throw a lot of jackhammers, but I will tell you this, I threw a jackhammer up there during pre-fishing and they they didn't want anything to do with it. I mean, let the fish tell you what 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 they want. And uh, so I, I pinned it up and didn't even take a jackhammer rod with me on 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 tournament day. Uh, I, and I'll also tell you this too: the the Susquehanna River is notorious for the spinnerbait being a good bait to throw. <laughs> so. I actually, I catch more than I do on jigs. I catch more on spinner base than I do on jigs up there. This just in, Mr. Jack Hammer said that it mm -hmm. did not work on day one. Yeah, <laughs> it did not work. Yeah, yeah. What, what one thing Scott Butcher said in the, in the comments earlier was, and, and I didn't think about this, and this is definitely uh, maybe not a coincidence, but you and Cody are both sponsored by cashing rods and both of y'all were yeah. using the new icon series rods uh yeah. i actually saw where uh who's who's the founder the owner what's his name oh that's matt, matt, matt cash yeah. yeah he yeah. that he's I, I didn't know that the uh, icon series were a direct replacement for the elite series is there something yeah. you can tell us about that new rod and kind of explain what they are uh man i mean i've got the Right now, I've just been using the crap out of out of the one rod that I've got. <laughs> uh, it's it's a seven foot uh, worm and jig rod, and uh, I was actually throwing a spinner bait on it because I don't know, man. It's just it's a great multi purpose rod for the river because you got plenty of backbone and you got just enough tip. You you want a little strength if you're fishing current because you know you got slack in your line. You got a lot of variables. And that rod, dude, it just has such a feel to it. I mean, I could feel, if anything, just tapped or just swatted at it, I could feel the difference, you know, in the way it was running. I mean, if it just got close to it, and I would throw back in there and, and usually catch that fish. I knew that fish was there, whether he got it the first time or not. I mean, they're just so sensitive. Uh, the grips on them are, are still the carbon fiber grips. Are, no, I take that back. They're uh, Kevlar. And they got a more little more comfortable feel for me. I like them a little better than I did the uh, the graphite grips, but that's just me. It's my preference. Uh, the graphite grips were great. I, I love them too. But uh, the Kevlar grips they they feel a little softer in my hands, and uh, they treat me a little better when I'm handling them. The rods are balanced really well. Uh, I don't know, man. They're just great rods. They're very sensitive. Uh, I I don't think I missed any fish on that icon. I think I fished clean with that icon. I had I, I missed two fish the whole in that whole tournament, uh, but it was on a different rod. And uh, that one away. Yeah, I mean I fished really clean with it. I mean I, I really really like the icon series, man. I, I I can't say enough good about it. I bet with all the sensitivity in that rod and that number five blade, I bet your hands were vibrating when you got finished each Dude. You ought to see that tip, man. Uh, the tip oh, on that rod is, fancy. yeah, it's just boom, 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 boom. It's crazy. It's I love crazy. throwing Colorado blades. Yeah, it looks like it looks like somebody dancing in a strobe light. <laughs>
Well, Jody, we, man, we sure do appreciate you being on. We know you're tired. You know, you, you got to put that big check in the bank. Uh, we want to give you an opportunity, <laughs> give you an opportunity to say, talk about any other sponsors, anybody that makes it easier for you out on the road. Uh, now's your chance to do it. Man, you know, I, I, I think the most successful people in this business surround themselves with good people. I, I love all my sponsors. Uh, I don't have very many of them, not as many as a lot of people do. It's because I'm real picky about who I choose. And, uh, you know, a lot of my sponsors choose me, which that helps too. Uh, you know, fishing online is it, it, John and Brianne up there, man, they're just great people. They're, I feel like I'm a part of a family with fishing online. I mean, they, they just, they treat people so well, their customer service is excellent and they get their stuff to you fast. They don't mess around. I mean, you order something before two o'clock, it's in the mail. Yeah. Um, you know, Craig Storms, dude, I, I love him to death, man. He, he tickles me to death. I have the best time with him, but he's Dakota Lithium. And I'm telling you, everything in my camp up there was powered by Dakota. And everything on my kayak is powered by Dakota. And I don't have, I can go for, you know, a couple of days without even having to worry about it. I never, I haven't even charged my my 10 amp hour box. It's just, I know it's just a 10 amp hour, but I run lights and all kinds of stuff off of it. I, I blow up my air matches with it. I mean, it's just a real handy tool to have. you got USB ports. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, Yak Attack, everybody knows Yak Attack. I, I, and I, they've been around for a while and, and people seem to forget, you know, where all that stuff come from. But I'm going to tell you that that is a great company. Everything they make, it, it holds up for me. Um, if it snaps or swivels or, or holds something, it's that, that's what I have in my boat, man. I'm telling you, I mean, it's, they're a great company. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like to give a big shout out to a few of the anglers, man. I mean, Christine Fisher, uh, Kurt Smith, he's a, he's a great guy. If you guys you know don't don't follow him, you need to get uh, get on his page and follow him. Man, Kurt is just such a nice guy. I got had an opportunity to pre-fish with him uh for a day and we have the best times whenever we get to do that and uh he's just a great guy man i really like him some of the west virginia boys chris schaefer who had a great showing up there these guys are river sticks around here man i mean they they do good just about anywhere they go in a river joe farley a good friend of mine uh he had a couple tough days up there but man i'll tell you he, he's a great stick around here tony bryant um all these guys that I'm, I'm saying, I mention them for a reason. It's because they're, they represent the sport. Well, you know, you got Jay Wallen and, and of course, AJ McCorder, who, who puts so much work into this man. He puts so much work into it. I mean, you got a guy here. If you have a discrepancy in a fish picture, he'll call you in the middle of it and say, Hey man, if you got another picture, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I mean, he takes care of the anglers, you know, but, I'm mentioning these names because they're true representatives of the sport. I think in this sport, we have a responsibility. I have followers that, that ask me questions about products. Uh, they have followers who ask them pro and you, you surround yourself with those people with good products. That way, when you pass on the info to the, to the people who are following this sport, you're not lying to them. And, you just have a responsibility to, to fish clean and, and keep your integrity. And I just, those, those anglers do it. You know, Jason Broach, uh, Cody Milton, uh, Matt Ball, 
I mean, these guys are, are true representatives of sports, and I'm just I'm proud to know each and every one of them and and be included in in the conversation with any of them. Well, good oh, yeah. Everybody you named are great people, and you're a great person. We appreciate you taking some time out of the end of your day. Guys, to... I'm so sorry that it took me so long to get this thing no. straight out. No. No. You know, our sound is perfect now. I don't know what the delay was, but it's 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 fine now. So no, but, we uh, we made know. it and we'll have you back yeah. on. I'm sure you'll win something else again. We'll see. You. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right about that, man. I, I would like to, uh, you know, you, you got Russ Snyder's out there, man. I mean, we're just we're neck and neck right now. I mean, that guy is a mutant, man. And if, if you've never met him, he's one of those nice guys, too, man. He's just a great guy, great representative of the sport. Like Jackson Orr, man, that's the future. These kids that oh, are yeah. coming in, if you got guys like Matt Ball, Russ Snyder's, and Cody Milton, and, and Eric Siddiqui, you got those guys out there, and our youth are looking at them, this sport's going to go a long way, man, as long as we got people like that in this sport. So I, I'm very optimistic for our future. Amen. And, well, we appreciate him. Watch out for Kurt Smith, too. He was leading in the beginning, a couple events. Oh, left. man. Oh, Kurt Smith, dude. I'm yeah. telling you, man. Yeah, watch them all. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks, Cody. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, brother. I appreciate you having me. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. As oh, always, what, what, a, what a gentleman and a, and a – a great fisherman, just man, just the best guest. I love Joe. Jody is the best man. Tons of good information. Giving out some juice. Oh man, bro, I throw those spinner baits. I've got this wrote down. It just gives me, you know, like I was saying, people put it down. Same thing with most baits; they don't quit working. You just quit throwing them. Yeah, I'm. I'll be hitting the tackle shop tomorrow because I know somebody, uh, a local store that carries those blades. And those baits, I might be going picking up a couple of them, take them up to old Wisconsin women. I like it. All right. Well, as always, we got a bunch of tournaments to go over here. What's up, Scott? Oh, what? Somebody of mine turning on in the comments. Uh, first up, we have, besides the two events we already talked about, the Indiana Kayak Anglers on the White River had 78 folks. First, Matt Gibson, one of the team new canoe guys, uh, 84 and three quarter. Uh, 80 in Darlington with 84 and a half. And Nathan Pickering with 82 and three quarter. And our own Brad Hicks, uh, 17th out of 78. So he had a good day. Yeah. Uh, and Rondack KBF on Mohawk and Hudson Rivers, 30 anglers. Matthew Zapala, 83 inches. Scott Jemison with 80 and three quarter. And Brian Nuzano with 79 and a quarter. Next, Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail on Portage Lakes, 58 anglers. Daryl Kowalski, 91 inches. Eric Pollins with 86 and a half. And Reese Stoughton with 86 inches. The KKFC on Kawarthen Lakes in Ontario, a Canadian club up there, 51 anglers. First place was Alan Couch, 75, 77 and a half. Zach Tucker, 77 and a quarter. And Henry Ng with 75 and three quarter. And then KBF Tennessee, MLF, this was an MLF-style event on Percy Priest, 39 anglers. And this was a dang tough event. MLF-style event, and first place only had 90 and a half inches, Nick Hood. Second place, Jeremy Johnson, 79 inches. And in an MLF-style event with 39 anglers, third place, Michael Ernst, 62 inches. So you know that was tough. I mean, they, they, I, I know Michael. He's a good angler, too. He's a... 
The KBBT Final Four, they had that this weekend. The four on Saturday, then the final two, the final on Sunday. Uh, the final four was Mason Good, Marcus Coase, Kyle Zimke, and John Warchall, who we just had on, uh, Ohio Hammer up there. Uh, and then that went down to Mason Good and Marcus Coates, who battled it out on Sunday. And Marcus Coates, another new canoe guy, uh, he Thank ended up know. winning it, winning it all. So congratulations to him. Make a new canoe look good, man. That's right. <laughs> we had the Mid-Atlantic KBF on Susquehanna. This was a, a co-event with the, the Hobie event. Some people fished both. Ryan Lingeli with 53 and three quarters, three fish tournament. Uh, Steven Sisto with 53 and a half. He was leading day one in the Hobie uh, with that 53 and a half. And then Richard Topher with 52 and three quarter. And then Minnesota Kayak Fishing Association on Lake Minnewaska. like saying that. There are a lot of great lake names up there. Uh, this was an interesting event, three bass and two pike. And it had 50 in species. Yeah. Uh, first place was Tony Geddon Menace. Sorry if I said that wrong. He had 155 inches, and his big pike was 35 and three quarter. A monster. Uh, Chuck Vang, I guess that's big. I don't know. Uh, Chuck Vang, he second place with 107 and three quarter, and Cliff Buck with 107 and a quarter. And then last two Nebraska kayak anglers on merit 30 anglers, James Francis, 90 and a half. Joshua Dixon with 89 and a quarter. Brett Wilson, 86 and a half. And last but not least, out in California, our brethren out there on the Pacific, Wild West Bass Trail on Lake Don Pedro. Sounds like a nice guy. 72 in, 72 okay. anglers. Sure. Jabong Zhang, that guy is a killer. 83 inches. And then Damian Tao, also another. And these three guys, you hear them every time we talk about a tournament. Damian Talon second, 81 and three quarter, and Scott Savaco with 86 and a half. So, as always, congratulations to all the winners. And if you ever want us to highlight a club, we keep it at 30. But if there's one you want us to bring up, we're more than happy. Just message us and we'll do that too. We just have to have a cut off or we'd be going all night. Yep. Uh, great win. You know, a great win. A lot of people kind of a short notice event that they had to had to get in there. So to Still have that over hundred anglers, yeah, to have that many people, that many great anglers on, you know, the weights were really stacked. So obviously, it's a great place to fish. One of those bucket list places everybody wants to go. I know I want to go. Hopefully, if they have one next year, I'll bid on that. I, I, I want to go everywhere, man. I just got to figure out how to afford it all. It's tough. You, you try to do like one a year. I try, I try to get one lake a year, or one kind of fishing thing a year. You know, you only have so many years, but you only have so much vacation time too. So you do what I'm you're starting can. to get over that. I'm I'm trying to figure out ways to just avoid the vacation and just quit work. Just I just quit. Bruh, I'm with you. I mean, my it. wife's just gonna have to get a better job. We'll be poor. We'll be poor together. <laughs> we'll we'll come back. Like <laughs> my trajectory and career path would be like up, down. I'm yeah. All right. Well, thanks as always listening and watching everybody. Sorry we didn't have the video for Jody and it took so long, but we hey, ended you up didn't have to have the video. Y'all still got all sorts yeah. of good information. And I mean that when he talks about, you know, all, how good he talks about other people, it just speaks loud for him and makes you makes me want to be the same way. So hopefully everybody takes that away from it. Dude, Chris, I wish I could, man. Uh, seriously, I would love to go out there. Man, it was close. It was before the COVID. It was either go to uh, 
for me, it was uh, lacrosse or uh, what? What are they doing out there? Uh, it's not. They're not doing Clear Lake. They're doing the Delta, right? Yeah, Clear Lake. No, it is Clear Lake. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, I was going to go to that. Right now, it it is no. He Chris had Clear Lake, but it is the Hobie is on the Delta. The Delta, yeah. That's where Rush used to be a guide. So. I'd like to go out there and see if I could finish ahead of Greg Blanchard. That'd be a he had a good. I, I think he was in. I think they had seventy. Well, say seventy-two anglers. I think he got like twentieth. But uh, he was talking about coming to a national championship. You know, with COVID, you never know. But fishing that and that Hobie event since they're one week apart, maybe doing that down here on Acusa. So, so yeah, I hadn't broken to my boss that basically the month of October. I'm just gonna have to take off. I'm about to start living on Acusa here. Come September. I'm be spending a lot of time. I'm just gonna. There. I'm gonna let you figure it out, and then I'm just gonna have to come wing it. Don't do that. Don't follow <laughs> me. Don't follow me. Man, I'm at the motor now. I got. You. I'll be. I'll be practicing with a motor by then. So yeah, you better watch out. I'm. I'm gonna get moving in that pursuit. All right. Yeah. But that's it. Thanks for watching, or thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll we'll see you again next week. As always, uh, wear them PFDs. Be safe and drink some water. It's man, it's hot out there. Sometimes. Yeah. Next week, hopefully, we'll have the uh, have the winners. Me from the uh, Bassmaster out on lacrosse. I'll, I'll be glad to be your guest next week. Talk about how good I did. I like it. Sounds good, man. All right, well, everybody, be safe, and we'll see you again next week. Good night. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle and Fin logo directly on your catch board shout out to jig masters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com use promo code pnf20 and save 20 percent on all your jig and tackle needs